Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord and also our worship team today. Thank you so much. Well done, guys. We appreciate you and also everyone else that is serving. Please be seated. Well, welcome. If you're here for the first time, we welcome you. And also online, we welcome you today. Let's just pray as we come into our new theme, um, which is called Thankful. Um, we believe that over this next um, few weeks as we preach about being thankful, that many of us will, will just find God breaking through some of the things in our lives. As we were thinking about the, the theme and what we need to talk about, I just think sometimes in the midst of hardship and life and all the kind of bad news that we face, that sometimes we can lose our thankfulness, not for the situation, but our thankfulness for God's goodness to our lives. And maybe you've come here today and you've, just, you've come with loads of issues in your life or problems, and maybe all you do about that is grumble and complain. But hopefully, by the end of our time over today and through the next few weeks, that we will begin to change our attitude, that we will see breakthrough through our, our response of gratefulness to the Lord. And so when you look at the word thankfulness and you, you begin to research it on, on the internet about what happens when people become thankful, because thankful is a spirit, it's an attitude that you have to decide to do. Do you know that? There are times when you wake up in the morning that you don't want to be thankful, but you can actually choose to be grateful for some of the things in your life. Not all the bad things, but you can always turn to God and be thankful for him for what he's done for you in your life. Would you agree with that? And so none of us in this room, no matter how hard life is right now, can say, I've got nothing to be thankful for. You can be thankful that God saved you. Amen? Come on. And if you lose that foundation, we can begin to lose our joy. And also, what you don't realize is that it can box us in on the blessing of God. Your attitude can stop the flow of God in your life. Did you know that? You know, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith moves God. And sometimes we can get so deep into, into criticism and into complaining, just like in the Old Testament, that actually it really, uh, God gets annoyed with, with his people who are constantly complaining about his goodness. And so we've got to get into a spirit of gratitude and our attitude of thankfulness for, for God doing what he's done in our life. It tells us uh, scientifically that, that an attitude of gratitude actually improves sleep quality. It improves emotional regulation. It increases a feeling of happiness and positive mood. It fosters hope for the future. It reduces stress, burnout, and symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. And it increases Resilience. There's some of the scientific things that tell us that if we gain a spirit of thankfulness, it releases some things into our present and our future. And so I hopefully that you can grasp something today that even though life is tough, that we have to navigate our heart and our mind and begin to find something that we can be thankful for and not allow life to drain us that we become so um, a spirit of complaining and, uh, and just, you know, whatever it is that robs us of giving thanks to God. You know, I hope that you've come this morning not just to, to receive something from God, but you've come bringing something to God. 
And that, you know, the main point of, of gathering together, and, uh, you know, we've talked about community and how important it is that we meet together. But our first priority as we meet together is to give thanks to God. It's to worship him. It's to fulfill the first command, to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and everything you have. So when we gather together, whatever we, it is actually to give God praise. We're bringing him an offering of thanksgiving. And sometimes we can lose that, that spirit of gratitude of what God is doing in our life and has done for us in our life. Let me read to you one of the stories that we're going to touch on today to show us the importance that it means to God that we are a grateful people for his goodness. And so in Luke 17, many of you know this story of the 10 lepers and, and who got healed by God, but only one came back to give thanks. And Jesus makes a comment about it. Let's read in Luke 17, verse 11 to 19. It says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity or mercy on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Two observations of Jesus here. He actually illuminates the one that came back to give him praise, but he also is concerned about the other nine. Do you know, do you know something when we don't turn up? Jesus is so grateful that you're here today, but he's probably saying, where are the others that will come and give me praise you see, it, church is not just about a religious activity of, of like getting rid of your guilt. It's a place where we come to give thanks to God for his goodness. And there are many times as even when we look at COVID situation and we are returning into our corporate gatherings, I wonder if Jesus is looking across his church all over the world and going, where are the other nine? Where are they to come and give me praise and to give me thanks for getting them through this dark night. And I tell you, when we lose our gratitude to God, things begin to lose out of our life. And I want to try and get your thankfulness back in, in spite of your hardship, in spite of your loss, in spite of the things that you're struggling with. You cannot lose your spirit of thankfulness to God because that is a weapon of our warfare to our breakthrough within our lives. You see, these guys... They were healed and one came back to give thanks. And I just asked my question, why didn't the other nine come back? When we look at our society and we look at our lives, it's very easy to call out to God when we're in trouble. 
And we just rely on God when we have the hard times. And when God answers, we forget about God. Just like these nine, they cried out to God and God answered, but then they didn't even bother to return. And I pray that we will never get a spirit in our lives that we forget of what he's done for us. Just like the lepers that we've been cleansed from our sin. The very basic, if God does not do anything more for you in your life, we've got something to give God thanks for. That we are now set free of our sins and we've been forgiven and we have access to God permanently and also assurance of eternal life. And But this one man returned, but the other nine didn't. You know, in Numbers 5, it describes what lepers have to do when it comes to community with in the Old Testament. They would go and the priests would send them out of the community until they were healed and they were isolated and they would have to, um, in, in the New Testament, be at least 50 yards away from anybody that didn't have leprosy. And they would also have to shout, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine getting up to life and knowing that you've got to keep 50 yards away from society. And not only that, you're not allowed in the temple. You're not allowed to, to meet in the presence of God. And all the time that you are shouting out, unclean, keeping people away from your disease. And this is the people that Jesus met. So Jesus walks from Galilee to Samaria Interesting to know that Jesus, a lot of his ministry was in, in Galilee, chose a lot of his disciples from Galilee, a lot, of his, uh, a lot of miracles happened there, but also in Samaria where a lot of Jewish people wouldn't go. But it's interesting that the 10 lepers describes that, the, that one was a Samaritan and it tells me that the others were Jewish. Interesting to know that the common disease brought them together. But yet only one praised Jesus and it was a foreigner. And Jesus is sort of saying, but these are my people, the Jewish people, the nine that got healed couldn't even be bothered to come back and thank me. But only one who was a foreigner and he gave notice to that and he said, your faith has made you well go. So this young man got something fresh, but what can we learn from these people that totally were, were outcasts of society to now being totally set free by the goodness of God. You know, in the, in the Old Testament, when somebody had leprosy, they would have to go out the camp, but the only way they could come back is when they were healed and the priest would have to check them over and then sort of like a health check and then say, yep, you're clean, now you can come back into community. And so that's why Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest. But it's interesting to know that when you think about the story, church, that, that the, they they only could be declared clean when they were clean. They only could approach the priest when they were clean. But our, our priest, Jesus, well, we, we approach him when we're dirty and made clean. It's so interesting to know that religion says you've got to get cleaned up before you can come to God. But Jesus says, come as you are and I'll clean you up. And sometimes in church life, we can get so religious in our lives that we want people to clean before they come. But let me tell you, it's not like that in the kingdom. You have, because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and you would never have reached the standards to come to Christ. You had to come dirty. You had to come unclean so Jesus could touch you and make you clean. In the New Testament, 
the religious leaders were told not to go near the lepers because they got contaminated. But Jesus went near the lepers so he could touch them so they could become clean. And the problem with the church in this day is that we are running away from the sin of the world because we think we're going to get contaminated. But God has called the church to get into the world so we can help make it clean. Come on, because we all want to get religious. We can't go near that community. We can't do that because we'll get contaminated. Well, that's what the religious leaders did. But what Jesus did, he got right up into the nitty gritty of sin and he touched people and he made them whole and he made them clean. And we have the power of the Spirit. We've been set free so we can get amongst the worst of sinners, let them know that Jesus loves them and pass on what we receive from God ourselves, so they can experience his love. You know, church, when, when we look at our society and we look at the lepers who were outcasts, in a sense, leprosy represents sin. When we look at our societies and our communities and we see the level of sin increasing, does that mean the church has got to go on its back foot? But you know, when I look at the communities around and the increase of lifestyle, which is actually not biblical, you know, the church has got to have something better to offer these communities than a banner and a placard that says you're going to hell. If you were to come to church every week and I would stand on this platform and have a banner saying you're going to hell, I'm not sure you'd come back in a few weeks. The church has got to have more to say to sinners than saying you're going to hell. You've got to tell them that Jesus loves them, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The religious leaders would not go near the lepers, but Jesus turned up right near them so he could approach them. Between Galilee and Samaria, Jesus turns up where sometimes the church won't even go. There is a world out there going to a lost eternity. And God has commissioned his church to go into the world, to be salt and light, to be good news. Listen to me. When, why did the lepers, when they knew it was Jesus, call out to him for help? Because they had rumours about how he met some of the lepers down the road. You know, when they've lived with all their lives, knowing that they are outcasts and nobody wants them, and especially the church didn't want them, how is it they had confidence to call upon Jesus? Because some of their leper friends who got made whole told them about him and said, you know, if, you ever, if ever Jesus passes, he won't reject you. He won't run a mile from you, but he'll come near just in enough reach so he can touch you with his love. He can touch you with his grace. He can touch you with his mercy. And so they, it says, they came near. Aren't you glad that Jesus, the Son of the living God, didn't walk away from your mess? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't sit in heaven and just think, let them just go to hell? No, Jesus got involved and he left heaven and he humbled himself and he became a servant to die on a cross while we were still sinners. That's the Jesus that we serve. That's the God that we give our lives to. That's the God that we thank. And so Jesus turns up with 10 lepers and they cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Four steps, 
for you to get a breakthrough. And that's not the main message. But you can see that even though God turns up, there needs to be a response from people. The first response we see is they cried out. Some Christians are too quiet when, I'm, when they're talking to God. Now, silence is great, but silence wouldn't have got his attention. They cried out. They made sure that they had a need to be met by God. And some of you in your prayer time are too complacent. You've got to get over God. If you seek me, you'll find me. Now that we've been found, it reverses that we now seek God, that we call upon him, that we knock, that we ask, and then we receive. But some of us are so passive and we really are not in a need enough to grab hold of God enough so we can get involved in our lives. And so I want to say to you, are you crying out to God for a breakthrough? What is the biggest need in your world right now? And are we desperate enough to, to, to let God hear us of our need in our lives. And they cried out to him and said, Lord, Jesus, Master, interesting to know. They didn't cry out, Jesus, teacher. They didn't cry out, Jesus, healer. They didn't cry out, Jesus, saviour. They cried out, Jesus, Master. And some Christians will never get a breakthrough until you make him Lord of your life. You want him to be your saviour. You want him to be your provider. You want him to be your healer, but you don't want him to be your master. Because when he's your master, you actually obey him. And some of you are sitting here with no breakthrough because God has spoken to you and you've decided not to submit your life to him. So it's easy when things are going cool for you, when it's an easy option to follow Jesus, but when you've got to deny yourself, when you've got to obey the Word of God, then it really shows you who is Lord of your life. Because they called Him Master. In other words, whatever you tell us to do, we'll do. You see, their healing never came until they obeyed His Word. Go to the priest. As they went, healing came. Some Christians sit around thinking God's going to do it. No, because it needs faith. It needs reliance on God. It needs that you submit to his authority. As they went, they became whole. As they went. What has God spoken to you about in your life and you're still not going? You're still not obeying. You're still not doing it. And you're still in the same situation. Because it takes obedience. It takes him to be your master. Because let me tell you something. When Jesus died for you, he paid a price for you. You're no longer your own. You were bought with a price. And do you remember that? Have you forgotten that you now belong to him? He paid a big price for your life and now you are his servant and you have to give your life 100% to him. And whatever he says to you, you should be saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Master. And when you become to that level in your walk with God that it becomes your master, actually your walk with God becomes easier. Because you're no longer in control. You're no longer organising your own life and your own future. You actually trust your master who's in charge of your life. So when you're financially in a mess, you don't take ownership of that. He is your master. He's going to take care of me. I'm going to walk in response to his word and he will always provide for me. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. So they call him master and he says, Lord, have mercy 
on me. You know, God's grace and God's provision and God's salvation has got nothing to do with your works. It's all about grace. It's all about his response to your faith. But none of you can boast about what God does in your life. It is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God so no one can boast. So I want to say to you today, if you think I'll work harder, I'll give harder, I'll do harder. Listen, your breakthrough comes from his mercy and his grace. Why? Because you don't deserve it. And what happens when you actually begin to develop an entitled spirit, it actually crushes the grace of God on your life flowing. When you actually think that God owes you a favour, you are in trouble. When you think that you've come to a point where God owes you for your commitment to him, then you've lost the spirit of gratitude and you close shop on his blessing on your life because then it's you that think you earn God's favour. It's you that think that God owes you because of your commitment to him. But that's a works attitude. A grace attitude always says, no matter what I do for you, God, I don't really deserve any more than what you've given me, but thank you anyway. Because of a gratitude that was a privilege to be serving Jesus, it's a privilege to be in his house, it's a privilege to be asked to do something for him, it's a privilege that I've been adopted into his family. When you lose that, you have a spirit of entitlement to actually think that you have actually earned the favour of God and that actually, God is not pleased with that kind of spirit. None of us will ever, ever owe God anything. And if you think God owes you a day, let that go. We are always indebted to the grace of God in our lives. And so these guys said, have mercy on me. He says, go show yourself to the priest. You know, it's interesting to know that, that when you lose your thankfulness, your Christianity becomes really miserable. It becomes really hard. But when you, when you don't forget where you've come from, when you don't forget what he saved you from, when you don't forget without him that you were lost, when you don't forget that, even though life's difficult, it's, it's something just keeps you going because of your gratitude of his goodness for you. You know, none of you would be in this room without the grace of God. And every one of you are like lepers today, and even me. All of us are still walking on this journey with some kind of leprosy attached inside of us. Come on. If every one of you now had your sins on that board behind me, everybody would leave the house, even saved. By the grace of God, we sit here, and he still throws mercy into your life, and he still provides for you, and he still loves you, and he still forgives you. And it's nothing because of what you've done for him, it's because of what he's done for you. And as he draws near to the lepers, he says, go show yourself to the priest. And then what happens this? And when we look at this story, it says that one came back. One came back. Fell on his face and gave thanks. See, that's worship. That's worship. And I wonder... If you're in this room today or you're online, you've lost that. You've lost your gratitude to Jesus for saving you. You've lost your gratitude that even though that you don't like your job right now or you don't like your relationships right now or you don't like your situation right now, 
that you're still thanking God for who he is. So you don't thank God for your trouble, but you thank him for who he is. And if you can get back into your spirit a gratitude for his goodness to you, I'll tell you the blessing of God will begin to manifest all around your life. You see, what happens in our life is that we can lose our gratitude in our relationships. We can lose our gratitude in our marriages. We can lose our gratitude in our jobs. You know, some of you are waking up Monday morning, going to your job, and you're actually not thanking God for it. Now, that's cool, because some jobs are really difficult, and you might think, well, I'm overqualified for this job, but it's paying the bills. Listen, while you're getting manna, don't make the mistakes of the Israelites in the Old Testament and complain about the manna. While you are eating manna, you have to find some thanks in there for God's provision. As soon as you switch to complaining, the blessing goes and it ends up becoming maggots. It'll get harder. See, God will give you grace with manna if you can keep a spirit of thankfulness. And sometimes when God provides an opening provision for you, you can just be like the Israelites. They said, what is this? That's what manna means. What is this? Like disgusting with God's provision. When you lose your thankfulness, something happens in your spirit and also something manifests. You limit God's blessing in your life. You need to be going to that workplace, even though it's on a temporary basis of you finding something better. And you need to be thanking God for this moment. You need to be getting up tomorrow morning and saying, I'm not sure, I don't really like this job, Lord, but I'm going to thank you for it and I'm going to find you in it and I'm going to give praise for your provision right now because I know what's coming down the road. But sometimes our actually ungratefulness actually stops you from progressing into your next season. Because God is saying, if you can't thank me there, how are you going to thank me over there? If you can't thank me for what I've put in your life now, how are you going to thank me when I give you something different? And so God actually looks at your attitude in seasons and many times in our life when things look hard, we, just, we don't really want to be thankful, but we've got to switch because let me tell you, thankfulness is a weapon of our warfare. I, I want to in, encourage you that, you know, if you've been married a long time, you know, you can sometimes to, 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 to appreciate your spouse because, well, we've been married now for a long time. I want you to get back your thankfulness. I want you to go home tonight and start listing three things, what you're thankful for with your children, what you're thankful for with your spouse, because sometimes we can overlook some of the things that they do for us and we take it for granted and we can kill our relationships. Now, I know there's more lists of what's wrong with them, <laughs> but we end up, because of our carnal nature, and our fallen nature, we always go to the bad list first. When instead, what Jesus does, he doesn't do that with us. You never come into the presence of God and he says, look, before I tell you who you are in me, I'm going to list 55 things of the things you've done wrong this week. He doesn't do that because he's overlooked our sin. He's covered our sin. He's removed our sin and he just tells you that he loves you. And he keeps telling you what you can look like. And he keeps reminding you of what where places that you're seated with him. Why? So you can come up another level. Let me tell you something. If you're, if you're, if you're married in this place, discouragement to your spouse is not going to work. Because if it was going to work, it'll work by now. 
All right? The last thing that we need is discouragement and telling us what we're not doing right. Even though there is some truth in what we're not doing right, we need to start finding some things that we are good at. We need to tell people what we appreciate about them. Listen to this. For the last 20 years, my husband has been complaining about me not putting the cap back on the toothpaste. Last anniversary, I decided to change this bad habit and make my husband happy. For a week, I was diligent, always capping the toothpaste, and I was expecting my husband to thank me, but he never did. Finally, last night, he turned and looked to me and said, why have you stopped brushing your teeth? Look, some of you got to go home and start thanking some people around your life. Come on. I know they're a headache. I know they're a pain. I know they don't tidy up. But find one thing that you can release in their life. And I tell you what you'll, you'll reap. You, all the things that you've been trying to make them do, a little bit of praise, a little bit of thanksgiving is going to motivate them to do things that you could never make them do. You need to understand, the Bible says, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Interesting, isn't it? Do everything without grumbling or arguing. That is impossible, Lord. Well, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Isn't that hard? Isn't it hard when things happen in your life, when loss happens, when pain happens, but how you keep coming back and thanking God? See, that's a sacrifice of praise. And many Christians don't even understand that. Because sometimes thankfulness needs to be a sacrifice. Because you know something in the Old Testament, there was a ministry appointed by Nehemiah just to be thankful. Did you know that? And have a guess where he posted them. He posted the Levites a ministry position to be thankful. Listen, you're going to love this. Online, are you ready? He posted them at the dung gate. Come on, let's start getting this. At the dung gate. Do you know what that is? I can't really say a little bit further because I'm online. But do you know what a dung gate is? And he posted people to say thanks at the dung gate. Here is a principle. When you are facing life that's dung, what you don't need it's to be miserable and complain. But what you do need is a spirit of thankfulness. Because the only way you're going to get through the dung of life is through your thanksgiving. Come on, church. You have got to turn around your life by giving praise to God in the seasons where you don't like. In the hard places, you've got to begin to find some praise to come out. You've got to give some room to give God thanks because that opens God to move in your life and open doorways for you to walk through to the blessing of God. But I want to tell you, church, only one came back. Where are the other nine? Because when you lose your thankfulness, you lose your servanthood, you, lose, you don't come back with your offering, you don't come back with your service, you don't even bother coming back. But when you're gratitude, you're thankful for being cleansed and set free. 
you come back and you fall at the feet of Jesus and you say, thank you. And Jesus notices that, made a reference to it. But the sad thing he says, where are the other nine? And Jesus looks over his church, all over our country, all over the world. And he's saying, so thankful to those that are coming and giving me thanks. But on the other hand, he would say, where are the others? Where are the others? You know, if you know people that know the Lord and you know they're not going to church anymore, you need to give them a call. And you need to say, Jesus wants you back. Come on, you need to come back. Jesus wants you back. You need to come back and bring in some thanks for all that he's done for your life to have breakthrough within your life. So Nehemiah appointed leaders to give praise. In Nehemiah 12, read it for yourself. On top of the wall, I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. You see, thankfulness is a spiritual weapon, folks. It's a, it's a tool for breakthrough in your dark times. And he says, on top of the wall to the right, towards the Dungate. Interesting to know that your thankfulness will bring some breakthrough within your life. As we come to a close today, so easy to forget to give him thanks. It's so easy to forget our gratitude for what God has done for us because of life's hard trials and troubles. But you know the scriptures remind us of his goodness. If I can get you to switch your attitude today, if I can just remind you not to ignore your hardships, not to ignore your your, your suffering, your, your persecution, not to ignore that, that thing going on in your life, but to find a gap, to find some room to, to release some thanksgiving. You'll see God begin to move because that takes faith. That takes faith. Psalm 103 says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all our sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. See, the tip in this passage is that your youth will be renewed like an eagle when you have a spirit of thanksgiving begin to move through your hardship. When you begin to remember all his benefits, when you begin to thank him for his forgiveness, when you thank him for his provision, you begin to begin to move into the blessing of God. I want to tell you today, for some of you in this room and some online, this week, when you begin to determine to get up and begin to give God some thanks, begin to release the Spirit, you'll see God move this week. Because some of you forgot that's an ingredient. Not only prayer, because a Philippine says, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but everything through prayer, petition, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. And sometimes we move the ingredient of thanksgiving. And some of you know who bakes cakes, just take one ingredient out and the whole cake is ruined. But some of you are really good prayers. And some of you are good at bringing it into, into, his, into his presence. But you've lost something. You've lost the ingredient of thanksgiving of who he is and what he will do in your life. And I want to tell you prophetically today, some of you in this place need to go on. You need to start thanking some people around your life. 
You need to be thanking God for what he's giving you right now. You're going to get through it for something better. And you need to go thank him for his goodness to your life. Philippians says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is ex-worthy, excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You know, in Lamentations 3, as I come to close, stand with me because I want to pray over you. I want to release something in you today. I want to start something in your attitude and your spirit to begin to look around to give God thanks for. You know, as I walked out into the garden yesterday, I began to look at the blue sky and the clouds and I think, Lord, you know, sometimes through hardship, I, I fail to see your, your, your art every day. But I remember when I first got saved, I could see trees I never saw before. I don't know about you. I looked at the sky and thinking, wow, that the sky has got colour that I've never saw before. Why? Because, because I was so grateful of Jesus coming into my life. I could see things. And some of you have lost eyesight of the goodness of God over you. And the only way you're going to get it back is through praise. It's through thanksgiving. And Lamentations, Jeremiah wrote Lamentations. He, he was a preacher that I admire. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to go and have a talk with him. Because he preached to people that had no response to him whatsoever. In fact, God said to you, when you preach to them, don't even look at their faces because you're going to get really discouraged. He had no response from his preaching, but he was faithful. And this is what he said. I have seen, I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendour is gone and all I hope for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wanderings, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Now that's okay to be truthful. That's okay to be honest with God. That's okay to describe your season and your feelings and your circumstances. But you can't stop there. Because if you stop there, the devil will hold you from God moving in your life. You can't stop just at the reality. You have to begin to arise in faith to the God that loves us, to the God that dies for us. And the next few verses, he switches his attitude. He said, yes, I know that's what I'm facing right now, but I've got to do one thing. Yes, yet this I will call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. Why? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, come on, come on, some of you, listen, please, don't, listen, some of you, you've got to say to yourself, because somebody else is not going to get, out, get it out for you, and someone's not going to help, you've got to say to yourself, because freedom comes with you first. You have to say to yourself today, I may be down, but because God is in my life, I'm going to get up. It may be dark, because God is in my life, it's going to become light. I may be weeping tonight, but tomorrow joy is coming because God is in my life. Listen, I may be struggling right now, but I know in my future, God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way because that takes faith in our life. You may be going through a dark season right now, 
but you cannot let the enemy let you lose your thankfulness or your praise because that is your weapon to get you through because He is always faithful. He is always just. He is always on your side. And the devil will rob us to tell you that God is not coming. For they are new every morning. When are they new? Come on, speak to me. They are new every morning. Oh, Bali, they are new every morning. In other words, there's not a morning in my life that I can't wake up for God's new mercies and God's new blessings in my life. There is not a day will go by without God's provision ready to hit your life. There is not a day go by that God doesn't take His attention off you. That's why we can thank Him. Because without every morning, we are in trouble. Because His mercy has to continue for our lifetime. We cannot do without God's mercy every day of our life. Because none of us are worthy enough. But because of His great love, they are new every morning. I say to myself, come on this week, say to yourself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those who hope in Him, is the one who speaks to Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Father, in this room and online, every one of us in this place, Father, we, like the lepers, never ever would ever deserve to be clean. But Lord, because you came to earth and you died on a cross and you humbled yourself even to death in obedience, you had no sin, became sin, so we could become what? Clean. We could become the righteousness of God. If that is not enough for you to thank Him, nothing will. That we stand here today, all lepers, cleansed by the grace of our great high priest who declares us not guilty. And as we come into His presence, just as they had to go to the priest to show themselves, Jesus declares us His children and brought us near into His household and adopted us into His family and seated us with Him in heavenly places. Lord, we stand together as a church today and we say, Lord, no matter what is going on in our life, we can't thank You enough for Your goodness to us. And we come this morning, Lord, not with an agenda, not with a list of this is what you need to do for me or I'm not going to come back to church. Lord, we drop all that. We drop bargaining with God. And we say, Lord, thank You. We say, thank You, Lord, for giving Your life for me. I would never ever think about coming near to you, but you came near to us. And I ask you, Lord, to release a spirit in this place and online that I know people's got it hard and I'm not justifying that you have to thank God for that, but you have to thank God for who He is in your life. 
And you're going to reverse some things in your season. Father, I ask you to release a spirit of gratitude over our church. I pray tomorrow morning when the blinds are open and the curtains are open, Lord, we look out that window with a different spirit. And whatever we're walking into, we're going to have something in our spirit that's going to give you thanks. And we're going to find some blessing being manifest through our spirit of attitude of gratitude. Father God, would you release that right? Lift your hands with me. Over every hand, every heart in this place. And those online by faith. Holy Spirit, would you come and cleanse us afresh? You know, some of you were not thinking of coming to church today because you think, do you know what? I'm not worthy enough coming to church today. Just like the lepers who was about to walk to the priest thinking, I'm not even accepted in this community. I'm not sure when I get there I'm going to be accepted. And we come to church with a load of guilt on our back. But let me tell you something. Let me encourage you. Well done for coming. Because when you get here, God will cleanse you afresh. Because if, you know, if you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you. Not only that, to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And if you've walked in today and you know that you've lived some some silly decisions last few weeks and you need a fresh cleansing right now, Jesus is our cleanser. But you've got to ask him just like these lepers, Lord, forgive me afresh. Let Let me sense your cleansing right now over my life, over my mind, over my heart. Lord, I ask you to lift the burden of guilt. Lord, I ask you, Lord, right now to lift the spirit of condemnation off your people.